0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back for another episode of the Puck House Podcast. So sorry, I couldn't get an episode out last week. Kind of end of semester right now for for my schooling, so didn't really have time to put out an episode last week, and I had some things to kind of finish up this week. So that's why this is a special Saturday episode of the Puck House today. We'll go back to a our regular Friday schedule beginning next week. But we got we got a lot to talk about in today's episode. We're going to right away dive into the breaking news on the hockey world. So stay tuned for that in just a minute. Uh, we are going to talk about the new head coach hiring involving, yeah, yeah Patrick Waugh. So I'll talk about that as well. Uh, we are going to do our... Maybe our final redraft. And I have a pitch on how we can make the CHL Top Prospects game a little bit better. We're going to talk about all this and more on this episode of the Puck House Podcast. All right, now we're going to move into the roundup. And this week... Um, Wednesday morning, I believe, it came out a big, big, major, major hockey news that five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team have been told to surrender to face charges for, um, I'll say, S.A., S.A., that's what I'm going to say, S.A., Um, So five players from that 2018 Canada World Junior Team, if you remember about, oh, was it summer 2022, it came out about the scandal, the SA scandal involving that team, as well as to the 2003 World Junior Team. There's a whole thing with that. They've said that investigation is still ongoing and Hockey Canada kept it. Uh, they tried to just push it under the rug and there was a whole like big, like they lost like all their sponsors. It was, yeah. So, I mean, just, and it's just shows so many problems, the, the toxic hockey culture that's been created and you could see how that's kind of, you know, how that develops over the end. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into it too much, but, yeah, so five players from that 2018 World Juniors team uh, get to go to London to face charges for S.A. And um, I'm not going to say who the players are, but it's pretty obvious. It, it's pretty obvious if you, if you really wanted to, like, you just look at... Because a couple teams have released statements about certain players that they are taking leaves of absence. Um a couple of them said that okay, personal reasons. And that one thing I really didn't like this um a certain team put out about a certain player who I'm not not going to name that they are taking a leave of absence due to their mental health. When really it's for it's it's for this to go to London to face charges for SA, which is not a good look on like, because because people really people really struggle with mental health, and to have that be used as, I guess, a cover up for what's really happening. Yeah, that that was saying that ticked me off. Um. So yeah. So that's what happened this broke Wednesday morning and within a mere minutes the NHL put out something that uh, the N- NHL within minutes of the of the news breaking right at the same time the NHL uh, had a press release that, Smith Entertainment Group, who owns the NBA's Utah Jazz, has formerly requested the National Hockey League to begin the expansion process to bring an NHL team to Salt Lake City, Utah. So that right as that broke, that was the NHL as that was happening, the NHL. Put out that the NHL has still not commented on, on the on the situation on on the matter of the whole scandal. Um, but this is obviously a distraction. You want to try to just okay, we're just gonna shove this under the and just absolutely ridiculous from the NHL. It's not like this is a new thing that the that. They're trying to get a team in Utah. The owner, like, the Smith Entertainment Group, they have been talking to Gary Bettman for years at this point. And I feel like I read some sort of tweet in the past about kind of not necessarily formally formally beginning the expansion process, but, like, something similar that they were interested, that they showed it. Like, something like that from the NH – like, this is 100% a to try to to distract everyone from what's, you know, a serious thing that's really happening because they know how bad it looks for the NHL. They know how bad it looks for the game of hockey and they they were trying to shove it under the rug and I think if anything it did the opposite and it brought more attention to it. If if you ask me, that's what. But I uh, yeah, that's Really bad look on the NHL for doing that. Yes, and like I said, they've still not commented on the matter. Uh, We'll see if they comment on that any in the coming days. It sounds like there's going to be a press conference in London, Ontario, scheduled for Monday, February the 5th. That's what it sounds like. So... That's going to be happening on that day, and we'll probably get more information. But yeah, five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team are going to face charges for SA. So that is, yeah, that is happening. And yeah, so just a whole situation there. I'll try to keep you more informed about developments with this in the... In next week and probably the following week's episode as well. Uh, There was some other news that happened in the NHL that we're going to get into. Patrick Waugh. We're going to talk about Patrick Waugh because the Islanders head... I forget the Islanders head coach's name. I forget his name. My apologies. But Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. Uh, the legendary NHL goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens and the Colorado Avalanche. He then went on to pursue a career in coaching. Coached the Quebec Remparts for for quite a few years. Led them to a Memorial Cup in two thousand six, and then had a stint in the NHL with the Colorado Avalanche, Patrick Waugh's former team. So. Then he went back to the Quebec Ramparts, where he won the Memorial Cup this past year. Uh, the Memorial Cup in Kamloops. I uh, was there for that final game. Great game. Quebec was just such the Quebec Ramparts were such a dominant team. Patrick Waugh built a phenomenal team. And all during the Memorial Cup, there was speculation that this was going to be his last season in junior hockey and that he was going to get an NHL head coaching job. Um, That never happened in the offseason. But then uh, on Saturday, I believe, Patrick Waugh was hired as the head coach of the New York Islanders. So Patrick Waugh now is the head coach for the New York Islanders, so b- big news there. I think Patrick Waugh is going to do a phenomenal job. Um, what watching him coach from what I saw of him coaching in the Memorial Cup, he's a great coach, and I think he'll do great things with the New York Islanders. So really, really pulling for him there. You could see, you could see the Lou Lamorello effect because he has a big thing about no beards. You can't have a beard. You can't have a beard. Uh, Lou Lamorello's teams. There's a whole thing about that. So you can see Patrick Waugh. He, he is clean shaven, clean shaven. When he was at the Memorial cup, he had this big, long beard. Uh, now, yeah, his beard's completely gone, clean shaven. So it was, it was kind of weird to see the clean shaven look from him, but Yeah, so Patrick Waugh has been hired as the head coach of the New York Islanders. And actually, pretty quickly, I think it's third game with the Islanders. He went to Montreal at the Bell Center. And Montreal welcomed him back with open arms. Uh, They played a little montage of him during the Canadian Anthem. And the fans just went nuts in the Bell Center. So, yeah, Patrick Waugh has been hired. As the head coach of the New York Islanders. Also got some other news in the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, the NHL, so the basically this year too, there is going to be a fantasy draft. Which, I love that they're bringing this back. This was honestly one of my favorite parts of the event. So I'm excited, I'm really excited that it's back. Produced some great moments, I think. I think back to Phil Kessel getting drafted last, the one year. I think back to the little trade that they had. They had Tyler Sagan get traded for Phil Kessel. A little nod to, because Tyler Sagan was originally the Toronto Maple Leafs pick that was traded to Boston in exchange for Phil Kessel. So they had a little bit of fun with that, the two captains. Um. What else? Alex Ovechkin begging to get picked last so he can win a car. Um, but no, this year, and there's going to be a twist to this, there's going to be celebrity captains to it. So we know the four player captains, Austin Matthews, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and jack and Quinn hughes are the player captains for this year but we have some celebrity captains as well now that have joined the mix so the celebrity captain for austin matthews's team oh oh sorry morgan riley is this the assistant captain for austin matthews so it's austin matthews and more with morgan riley as an assistant Connor McDavid and Leon Leon Dreisaitl's the assistant. Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCars the assistant. And Jack Hughes the cap captain. Or is it oh I think it's just their co-captains, Jack and Quinn Hughes. But okay. So Austin Matthews' team, celebrity captain, no surprise. It's the one that you're thinking of. It's it's the Beebs. Justin Bieber is the celebrity captain for Austin Matthews' team. Austin Matthews and Justin Bieber being pretty good friends. So, Justin Bieber is the celebrity captain for that. And Justin Bieber's going to be a big part of this event in Toronto. Uh, Celebrity captain for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel's team is Will Arnett. Will Arnett. So Will Arnett is going to be the, yeah, Will Arnett's going to be the celebrity captain for that team, McDavid and Dreisaitl's team. Nathan McKinnon's team, they are going with singer Tate McRae. Tate McRae is going to be in the All-Star game as well as one of the celebrity captains. Uh, she's Canadian. I believe, I believe she's from Calgary. I believe I saw Video of her supporting Calgary Flames going to Flames game, cheering them on. So, yeah, Tate McRae is a part of it. And Jet ja- and the Hughes team, they are going with Michael Buble as their uh, celebrity captain. Michael Buble, Canadian and actually part owner too of the WHL's Vancouver Giants. I don't know if you kn- knew that, but Michael Buble, big. Big, you know, hockey guy, I believe, too. I was seeing saying he canceled one of his concerts so he he could go attend Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in Vancouver back in 2011. So, but, so, yeah, those are the four celebrity captains for that game. And, yeah, so that's what's happening with that this year the fantasy draft is back and with a little twist in celebrity captains all right so this past week the chl top prospects game took place and it was a great game i was watching it it's a great event i honestly i i i love watching the top prospects game every year it's a fun event to watch you know always Always keep an eye out for those guys coming up, you know, the top prospects in the upcoming draft. You're going to hear most of those names called in the NHL entry draft in June. Uh, But I wanted to, because I was going on, uh, there's something that's been on my mind for a while about the CHL top prospects event. And that's to kind of... Kinda not to not to say the CHL top prospects game is bad. It's not. It's a great event. But I feel like there's more there's more potential, I think, more potential, I guess, for this event. And I never really thought really this was really needed because they had a great event in the CHL Canada Russia series, which fantastic games. I've personally been to two of those games myself. Great, great hockey to see. You know And a great event for the league to have. Um, but due to COVID and then Russia's invasion on Ukraine, uh, the event's basically been cancelled and I cannot see them ever bringing back the series. Which, which is too bad because, like I said, great games. So, This is my pitch, this is my pitch right here to turn the CHL top prospects game event, I guess, replace it. Well, not, I I shouldn't say replace, I should say kind of add more around it, add more festivities, and that is to create the CHL All-Star Weekend, the CHL All-Star Weekend. Turn the CHL Top Prospects Game event into a CHL All-Star Weekend. They used to have it back in the day. They used to have a CHL All-Star Game back in the day, apparently. Um, And now with the Canada-Russia series, no longer going to happen, most likely. This would be a perfect time to bring this back. And here is my pitch on how to make it work. So, first off, timing. Timing. I say have the CHL All-Star Game take place the week before the NHL All-Star Game. So the NHL All-Star Game this year would be like, it. it's next week. The NHL All-Star Game is next week. So would have you'd have the CHL All-Star Game this week, this weekend. So um, here's kind of, first off, one thing I think would be what they should have as part of it have a sort of an all-star break, I guess. So they don't really have that with the top prospects game, but with the all-star weekend, I think you would need to have an all-star break. And it would also give give guys a chance to, you know, catch their breath, you know, maybe go home for a couple days. I don't know. But the Sunday before the CHL all-star game, that is the last day across the CHL where games are played. And then starting that Monday morning, the CHL All-Star break begins. And it probably runs till I'm thinking for about nine days, I'm thinking. You can resume games on Wednesday is is my thinking. Resume games on Wednesday, the following Wednesday. That seems like a decent timeline. So Monday to Wednesday players start making their way to the host venue. There's travel involved. There's, you know, you got guys. Let's just say, like, for example, this year it's in Moncton. The CHL Top Prospects game is in Moncton. Let's just say this is the host of the... We're going to say, okay, this is the host of the CHL All-Star Weekend. And you got a guy who, an All-Star, playing for Victoria playing for the Victoria Royals. They got to make quite a a trek, you know, quite a journey to get, to get to to get to Moncton. So give give them a couple days, you know, Monday maybe Wednesday you could have like a media day. I don't know. I'm just kinda But yeah, begin making their way to the host venue for that weekend. Uh Thursday The Thursday is the skills testing for the top prospects, which they do have as part of the CHL top prospects game. Uh, So bring that into this weekend. So that's what's going to be taking place on the Thursday of, so yeah, just those kinds of stuff, you know, have a lot of scouts there, you know, big, you know, it'll be a big thing for the, for the top prospects. Still, it'll be a big, big thing. And then Friday is the CHL Top Prospects game. So yeah, so basically the CHL Top Prospects game, like nothing's changed with it. It's just moved to a Thursday, Friday thing right before the, I guess, All-Star weekend. But still, this is a pretty big, you know, the Friday game, the CHL Top Prospects game would be will well we already know it is fantastic hockey, fantastic hockey, great game putting the top prospects uh, in the upcoming NHL draft on one ice sheet. I think I think it's great. Uh, and then the Saturday, mm-hmm. and here's the thing too. As far as I want to make, if you play, you play in the top prospects game. You can still, I guess, play in the all-star game on the Sunday. I just want to make that clear that if you're a top prospect, you're not restricted to not being able to, you, you're still able to play in the all-star game. You're still eligible for the all-star game if you're good enough. So let's just say a guy like Connor Bedard last season, he would obviously be in that all-star game, but he's also top prospect. He can play the top prospects game on the Friday and then play in the CHL all-Star Game. So then the Saturday, what do I have for the Saturday? I have CHL All-Star Skills Competition. Now, okay, the way they do, I'm going to try not to talk about this too much because I want to save, I kind of want to talk about the things I think is wrong with the NHL All-Star Game next week's episode. I, I have a few things to say about that but uh see the nhl how the nhl all-star skills competition is it's honestly it's it's terrible i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be straight up on honest with you i i don't really care i don't really care about the all-star skills competition or really the all-star game in general but it's just it's kind of mickey mouse to be honest with you it's you know, I was watching some of it. I tried watching some of it the last two years. Flip it, I flip it on, and they're like skipping pucks on a water fountain and they're shooting pucks at surfboards. And I don't know what is happening, but it's like, what is this? What is this? So, this skills competition is not going to have any of that Mickey Mouse elements to it. I say keep it simple. Keep it simple. Fastest skater. Hardest shot. Accuracy challenge. And honestly, one, one of my favorites, I want to bring the breakaway challenge. I think because I, I think they used to have a top prospects skills competition, but they removed it. But I remember one, it was one year and it was Nino Niederreiter, actually, I believe. I believe it was Nino Niederreiter who he had kind of quite a play in that. He kind of, he like threw his glove off and then like to try to trick the goalie and then one hander just like shot it top shelf. It was a kind of a highlight, highlight reel kind of moment. So yeah, you know, so have that in there, but keep it simple. Don't do too much with it. Just a fun little Saturday thing and could also give... The top prospects who played in the top prospects game. Some rest uh, to relax for. The Sunday, the CHL All-Star game. Now, I think a lot of things with this could be tweaked. I'm not saying this is exactly how it needs to be. So, But this is what I think it should kind of be. So, the format. So, the format. I want... One team representing the WHL All-Stars. One team representing the OHL All-Stars. And one team representing the QMJHL All-Stars. So, my pitch in the morning, Sunday morning, there is a round-robin tournament that takes place. Now, I don't really like how the NHL does it with, like, the three-on-three. I I would say make it five-on-five, but... I mean, it depends on how, yeah, again, could be tweaked, could be tweaked. But I'm saying make it five-on-five five with three 10-minute periods. Could make it two, you could you could make it two 10-minute periods. But something like that, something, this could be tweaked. Uh, I still don't know, could the games just end in a tie? Go. I Actually, now that I think about it, I think just go to overtime. Especially if it's two 10-minute periods. But I say make I say make it 5-on-5, five five, though. I say make it 5-on-5, five five, though. That's that's my opinion. Make it 5-on-5. Five five. I don't want to see... Like, I don't know. It's just not. The 3-on-3 three three just isn't for me for an all-star game. So make it 5-on-5, five five, I, I would say. And, yeah, games could go to a th- little 3-on-3... Three three over time like just a quick like I don't know I still I don't really know I haven't really but this is this is just an idea a concept could definitely be tweaked around with uh, my my pitch is each team is gonna play each other once so the WHL will play a game against the OHL one and then they'll play against the QMJHL but, yeah, try to, I'll, like, try to keep it at a certain, like, length, I guess, where, you know, because you're you're going to be playing three games. I would say try to keep it to, you know what, now I think about maybe make it two, two periods. Two 10-minute periods. Yeah, let's go with that. Two 10-minute periods. Because I'm thinking try to keep it at an hour per game. An hour per game, I want to say. I'd say I'd say something like that. So, so go with that. But yeah, again, could be tweaked. So yeah, so that takes about let's just say that takes around three hours for the three games to be played. So after those three games are played, so after each team plays each other one time, uh, the top two teams will advance. To the final in the evening so now teams rest for a few hours you know rest up for the game in the evening some fans go go home for a bit relax i don't know have a bite to eat you know i don't know you know go up go up for dinner downtown and you know whichever city that you know people traveled to to see this game see this weekend And then they come back for seven o'clock, seven o'clock start. Um, And this game, the final between the top two teams will take place. And I say regular five on five game. Three 20 minute periods, full game. Um, and then at the end of it we will crown a CHL all-star champion and it sort of gives sort of gives the league kind of whichever league wins it you know some bragging rights you know something like that I think it'd personally be a fun weekend it's still gives the top prospects there a chance to you know get noticed by scouts and you know what it has, all star game also has a chance for other guys too to get noticed. You know how they're progressing. You know, you know, you might have a guy. Let's just say you got a guy who's a prospect for. I'll I'll go Oilers. You know, you got a prospect for the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, we got a couple of our prospects playing in this game in the CHL All Star Game. You know, you're you're gonna keep you're gonna keep an eye on those guys. See how they're doing. It's like wow, they're really they're really coming along you know and like I don't know it could give guys more opportunities to get noticed you know I think it personally be just a great event for the CHL they need some sort of event though I feel to replace the CHL Canada Russia series it feels just without it without without some sort of event like that so that is my pitch and then Afterwards, the Monday to the Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday is when players start to fly back. And by the Wednesday, games are resumed across the CHL. Now, I think one thing is like, okay, what is that going to do to the CHL schedule? And I've, I've thought about this. I have thought about this. And I say... You know what? You have two You have two avenues to go down. One is play one or two more weekday games, which I feel like the CHL, they're trying to, I feel like, limit that. Especially, I know, especially out West, because they used to have a 72-game season out here in the WHL, and then they cut it back to 68. So I think one to match up with the OHL and the QMJHL, who had already done that, but a big reason, too, was because uh, they didn't want to play as many weekday games, so they wanted, they wanted to play more on weekends, and it makes sense, you got, these are kids, these are kids, you know, you got guys who are, you got guys who are in school, you know, these kids are still in high school, some of them, um, you know, doing things like that, college, so, Yeah, that is my pitch for the CHL All-Star Weekend to take the CHL Top Prospects game and make it a whole week of festivities and then, yeah, okay, do that. And then, oh, yeah, okay, I forgot what I was going to say. So, my thinking is as far as like the schedule is just push back push back the schedule like a week have the regular season finish a week later have the playoffs start a week later have the memorial cup finish a week later i don't think there'd be too much problems there i forgot to mention i forgot to mention that before we close up here but yeah that is my pitch for the chl all-star weekend Okay, so before we move on to the next segment, I do want to, because I made, I recorded that pitch, I guess, to make the CHL top prospects game a little bit better by bringing it all, making it a CHL all star weekend. That was my, I recorded that Wednesday night. And now I am going to read you the tweet that Jeff Merrick. Put out Thursday, Thursday morning. I'm just going to find it here. I am just going to find it here. So the morning after I recorded that segment that you just heard, because I I pre-record some things for this, you know, so I thought, okay, I'll record this. Jeff Merrick puts out, sounds like last night's CHL slash NHL top prospects game will be the final one. Look for the event to be replaced with a two-game series between the best prospects in the CHL versus the best prospects in the U.S. So, the USHL, they have a game, I think it's called the All-American Game, I believe. And the CHL has had their top prospects game. It sounds like these two are going to come together on one sheet of ice on a two-game series, which I like this idea. It's a step up from the from the CHL Top Prospects game. And there's pride. There's pride involved in it. There's definitely pride involved in it. You're representing your league. You're not just represent Like, in the CHL Top Prospects game, it's more or less an all-star game, but not quite an all-star game, I guess. These guys, like, in the CHL Top Prospects game, you want to go out, put your best foot forward. None of this, like, stuff that's going on in the NHL All-Star game nowadays. But you you don't have, like, if you lose, it's not like... This, there's pride on the line. You're representing, CHL Top Prospects game, you're representing Team White or Team Red. You know, if this series... When it happens next year, I'm assuming it's going to start next year. It's you're representing the CHL, or if you're in USHL, you're representing the USHL, you're representing your league. There's pride on the line. These two paths, I guess, USHL more or less has like has more like guys who because. If you play a game in the CHL, you lose NCAA eligibility. So a lot of people who are going to go, who have committed to NCAA school, will play in the USHL for a year or two. So those are kind of those kinds of guys. They have the U.S. National Development Team in that league as well. So a lot of guys uh, come out of that and then CHL. So... Yeah, but, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that really quick before we move on to the next segment because just want to be clear, I recorded that before the news came out about uh, this. So, I mean, I think that's a great event. You know what? I still think you could still fit in the All-Star game. Maybe, maybe not have... Maybe just have it be a Saturday-Sunday kind of thing. I don't know, but... That looks like that might be happening. A CHL versus USHL top prospects game potentially coming in 2025. All right. Now we're going to move into another edition and maybe final edition of Redraft. Uh, So we are doing the 2019 NHL Entry Draft. I've kind of decided... After this redraft, we've been going from, we started at 2000 and we've gone all the way up to 2019. I feel like it starts to get a little unfair to start redrafting guys uh, from 2020 onwards. So I have decided to call it there at 2019 here. However, we could still potentially do if you want to see You want to see me maybe do a redraft in like the 80s or the 90s or saying redraft a specific draft class well you know what we can do that possibly so we'll have to see about that but let's get on to the to the redraft 2019 2019 this was the jack hughes draft when jack hughes was selected first overall and i feel with this draft class in particular Uh, You know, I feel like this draft class has a bit of a special place in my heart. I guess Uh, I'm actually very lucky to have. I'm looking at the top four picks. I have seen these top four picks all play live when they were before they got drafted into the NHL. I saw, I saw both Jack Hughes and Capo Caco. At the World Juniors, World Junior Summer Showcase as well. I saw him, so I saw him a couple times. Uh, But yeah, Jack Hughes, Capo Caco. I'll remember that gold medal game, 2019 World Juniors. I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago. Being at that tournament, seeing that game, U.S.-Finland showdown, Hughes versus Caco, and uh, Capo Caco came out on the winning end he actually he scored the game winning goal game winning goal of under two minutes left uh so yeah great great memories from that but i also saw the third overall pick kirby Doc and the fourth overall pick bowen byram because they both both are whl guys so kirby Doc playing for the saskatoon blades and a guy i got to see a whole lot of bowen byram playing for the Vancouver Giants because same division, same division as the Kamloops Blazers. So got to see Bowen Byram and the Vancouver Giants come into town quite a bit. And you wa- you watched him, it's like, man, this guy is going somewhere. This Byram guy, he is going somewhere. Yeah, but okay, let's get on to the redraft. Um, So the New Jersey Devils had the first overall pick and they originally took Jack Hughes, and that is where we're gonna we're gonna keep Jack Hughes at the number one spot. I don't think there's any surprises there. 102 goals, 150 assists for 252 points. Uh, he has had quite a few solid, solid, pretty good seasons in the NHL. Jack Hughes, by far the best player uh, in this draft class. So hopefully he can keep it up and have a really good career. With the New Jersey Devils, he is definitely on track to do that. Now, at number two, the New York Rangers had that pick, and they originally selected Capo Caco. We are not going to take Capo Caco in this redraft. We are instead going to select Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins from another New York team, the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo New York. Uh, so, yeah, Dylan Cousins. 57 goals, 88 assists for 145 points. Another guy I've seen play play in the past when he was in juniors, uh, WHL guy. He played for the Lethbridge Hurricanes back in the day. Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah, so Dylan Cousins in at the number two spot. At number three, the Chicago Blackhawks have that pick, and they are going to select Trevor Ziegress. Trevor Zegris. Trevor Ziegris. Uh he has been a very solid player for the Anaheim Ducks the last few seasons. It always amazes it amazes me how easy he does that lacrosse goal. Like it, it's pretty incredible. And of course, the Michigan flip pass, that that incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Trevor Ziegris. Uh, 53 goals, 93 assists for 146 points. He goes in at the number three spot. I was kind of, it was a toss up for me between Cousins and Zegris and number two. I went for Cousins just because I feel like he's been a little bit more consistent. So I I wanted to go with the more consistent guy. Give, if in one or two years from now, Zegris might have that number two two spot, but I feel like Cousins has been more consistent, I guess. So I'm going with Cousins at number two, but I I, I could see the argument for Zegras being number two. Absolutely. I get that. Uh, number four, the Colorado Avalanche have that pick and they originally selected Bowen Byram. Uh, they they are not going to take him. They're instead going to select another defenseman, Moritz Sider. Moritz Seider is going to go in at number four to the Colorado Avalanche. 18 goals, 98 assists for 116 points. The German defenseman. Uh, did he, I think, he won, didn't he win the, uh, didn't he, he won the Calder, didn't he? Um, I feel like he won the Calder. I think I'm. I think I'm right on that. I think he won the Calder in 2022, I want to say. But yeah, uh, Mort Sider is going to go in at our number four spot. At number five, the Los Angeles Kings have that pick, and they are going to select Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc is going to go in at number five to the Los Angeles Kings. 33 goals, 66 assists for 99 points. He is going to go in at our number five spot. At number six, the Detroit Red Wings have that pick. And they are going to select Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. So Moritz Sider goes from Detroit to Colorado. Bowen Byram goes from Colorado to Detroit. So a little defenseman swap there. Two young D kind of swap there. Uh, But Bowen Byram is going to go in at our number 6 spot. 21 goals, 34 assists for 55 points. Yeah, so he is going to go in at our number 6 spot. At number 7, the Buffalo Sabres have that pick. And they are going to select Capo Caco. Capo Caco. They originally took Dylan Cousins. So another little swap here. We got Dylan Cousins going from Buffalo to the New York Rangers, and we got Capo Caco going from the New York Rangers to the Buffalo Sabres, so interesting, couple little swaps there like that, but Capo Caco, uh, like I said, saw him play at the World Juniors, saw him score the game-winning, the gold medal-winning goal at the 2019 World Juniors, 47 goals, 55 assists for 102 points. Uh, he's just, I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really, I don't think he's quite, he hasn't really found his groove yet. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't found his groove at this point. I hope he can though. I hope he can find his groove because, you know, you know, ever since I saw him play, you know, I was always curious to see where he was going to end up. So, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I am rooting for him. At number eight, the Edmonton Oilers have that pick and they are going to select, I hope I'm saying this right. Vasily Podkolzin, Vasily Podkolzin, that sounds right, uh, going to the Edmonton Oilers at the number eight spot. Uh, 18 goals, 15 assists for 33 points. Uh Vancouver Canucks draft pick. He's going to go in at our number eight spot to the Edmonton Oilers. At number nine, the Anaheim Ducks have that pick. They originally used that pick to select Trevor Zegres. uh but they are going, they're not going to take him. They are going to select Philip Broberg. Philip Broberg. Uh, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, two goals, nine assists for 11 points. Uh, he is going to go at our number nine spot. At number 10, leaves the last guy going to the Vancouver Canucks at number 10. Uh, They are going to select Alex Turcott who he's only played 12 games in the NHL so far and has not recorded a single point in the NHL yet. So he is going to go at our number 10 spot. But at this point, all these guys are still active 5, 10 years from now. This list can change. So and then that's why kind of you get to a point where it's like you can't really keep doing these, you know feels unfair to judge the guys from 2020 onwards because these guys are still so young. So, yeah, that's kind of why I've decided to stop it here at 2019. Uh, But if you want to see a redraft from the 80s or the 90s, you know, I mean, we might do some of that. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, Uh, this could be the last time we're doing a redraft. uh, But... Who knows? I mean, we might we might pick this up again with you know maybe do a few retro draft classes. That might be fun. And that'll do it for the redraft. Alright, now we're gonna move into another edition of the 10. And so this week's the 10 countdown. Uh, we do have we do have a new number one team. Do I? Wait, let me see. Yeah, okay, new number one team in this week's in this week's edition. So we are going to start with our number 10 team. So we're looking at a couple different things. I mean, we're looking at where they are in their standings overall throughout the season. I'm looking at their last 10 games. I'm looking at what kind of streak they might be on, which... Uh, comes into which plays a big role why I have a certain team very high up on on the ten. You could you could probably guess who that team is, but but okay. Number ten we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they've been eight and two their last ten games. Like how they played the last little bit, so I feel like they deserve to yeah make the. Make the 10 here. The 10 spot. At number 9. Uh, I have the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers as my number 9 team. Uh, they've been playing some great hockey this season. Very consistent. They are going to be at number 9 in my top 10. Number 8. I have the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, last last, the 10 uh, we did. Vegas was kind of in a bit of a slump, but I think they found their groove again. Uh, 6-3-1 their last 10 games, and they've obviously been right near the top of the standings all year. So they are going to be in the 8th spot. At number 7, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I didn't like how they played the first wild of the season, but I feel like they're starting to... They're starting to look like the cup contenders that I really thought they were going to be this season. 7-2-1, they are going to go in the number 7 spot. At number 6, we have the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche, uh, 7-3-0, last 10 games. Uh, Yeah, they're right near the top of the standings. Very solid hockey. Uh, Stanley Cup champions only two years ago. They look like a threat to potentially two and three years. Two Stanley Cups in three years. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. At number five, we have a team I have really liked. If you watch podcasts, you know I've talked about this team a lot. How I've really liked them. I like how consistent they've been. And it is the Dallas Stars taking our number five spot. Seven, two, and one the last ten games. They've just always, to me, they've never, there's never been a point in the season where I feel like they've been in a slump. It's never really felt felt that way. So, but Dallas Stars are going to go in at our number five spot. Even if you go back to like power rankings that we did before this. uh, This is kind of replacing power rankings. But they were always, the Stars were always near the top. Like every every single power rankings, they were always near the top. I don't think they ever really slipped from, From did they ever really slip from cup or bust? I don't know if they did. They might have one week, but point is they've stayed right near the top, like the whole season. I really like the Stars to win the West, to be honest with you. Uh, but there are quite a few... Threats in the West that have emerged. Like our number four team, the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets were our number one team in last last edition of the 10. Still a very solid team, 7-2-1. But there are a couple teams, I think, that are just been a little bit better the last two weeks since we last did the 10. At number three, we have the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins are going in at our number three spot. They've been one of the top teams all season. They look poised to make a deep playoff run and win the Eastern Conference. Now, there, actually, you know what? I'm going to hold off on that thought for just a minute. I'll talk about it in a, in a few minutes here. Number two, our number two team, we have the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers a roller coaster team talk about a roller coaster team their disastrous start the firing of their head coach it was just a complete disaster they were near the bottom of the standings it was a disaster it was an absolute disaster but now but now a historic streak fifth 15 straight wins, 15 straight wins, the last time they lost. Do you want to know the last time that the Edmonton Oilers lost a game? We have to go back to last year, December 19th, 2023, was the last time the Edmonton Oilers lost a game ever since then. Every single game, they have won 15 straight games and are closing in on history. Too shy of the 1992-93 Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who have a 17-game winning streak. That's the record. So, And I believe that was right after Lemieux came back from his cancer treatment, I believe. And then right at the end there, they just went on that incredible stretch of hockey. Uh, But yeah, so the Pittsburgh, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers closing in on history. Maybe they'll make history uh, on this next week. But yeah, they've just been playing some unreal hockey, unreal hockey, and McDavid is back. And our number one team is going to be the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks are taking our number one spot. I was debating whether to put Edmonton at number one, but... Because I chose Vancouver at number one because consistency. They've consistently they have been the better team all season. Edmonton is extremely hot right now. Next week, if Edmonton keeps up their winning ways, Edmonton's number one. Edmonton's number one next week if they keep up their winning ways. But yeah, so yeah, I was thinking about this. Wouldn't it be funny because Vancouver's doing pretty well in the West. They might have their best shot of making the Stanley Cup Final since 2011. Then you have the Boston Bruins as the juggernaut in the East. What if those two teams had a little Stanley Cup Final rematch this year? That is definitely a possibility. Imagine imagine if the Canucks were able to get their revenge or imagine what would happen if the canucks lost again especially especially if they lost game seven I'll never riot i never riot i guess and they actually also rioted back canucks fans also rioted back in 1994 i don't know if you knew that but yeah there was a riot there after that stanley cup finals loss so yeah but a canucks Bruins stanley cup final could happen and it would be epic honestly but I I'm pulling for I'm pulling for, you know. It would be amazing if it, if just one year we get an all Canadian Stanley Cup final. And the one I've envisioned for years, McDavid versus Matthews, just that would be insane. I'm hoping we could see, I'm hoping we could see a Canadian team this year in the Stanley Cup final. We have such a good shot this year. One of the Canadian teams. Like look at our our 10 The top three of the top four teams in this ranking are Canadian teams. There is, yeah, there's a really good chance that we could see a Canadian team in that Stanley Cup final and potentially bring the Stanley Cup back to Canada for the first time since 1993. And that'll do it for this edition of The Ten. And that'll do it for this episode of the Puck House podcast. If you want to get updates on the podcast, as well as get some bonus content, head on over to the Puck House on Instagram, Twitter, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And until next time, goodbye.